Everybody wants to know what I would do if I didn't win. Here comes Aaron Gordon the other way. Gordon! Oh my goodness! Oh! Circuit shot! They will count it! Jamal Murray taking him to the schoolyard. Jokic has to put it up. Falling away, puts it up. Bang! Nikola Jokic knocks it. It's over. After 47 years, the Denver Nuggets can finally call themselves NBA champions. Y'all want to do it again? Let's do this. Let's do this. Dynasty. I guess we'll never know. Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to the Denver Stiffs show. Two nights in a row on the Denver Stiffs show. You know we're preparing for a big uh, opening season or opening night of the season. We also got big news today. The Denver Nuggets City Edition jersey leaked. So with everything going on, big news, big games, who better than the original Big Stiff himself? I have Mr. Andy Feinstein joining me tonight. Andy, how the heck are you? Zach, it's so awesome to be back with you. It's been a while, um, but it just warms my heart, and it should warm the hearts of Nuggets Nation collectively that you, an OG stiff, have regained the reins of Denver Stiffs, and you will be guiding us ably through the season ahead. And I think I can speak on behalf of all of the readers and all the fans of this site, which I am now one of. Um, you're doing an awesome job, and it's great to see you back in the saddle. And uh, and uh, what a better time, right? Uh, right? You know, here we go. Maybe maybe we'll actually repeat, which is a surreal thing to come out of my mouth. So we'll talk about right. that. I'm sure. I'm still having right. quite come to grips with it, but um, but you're doing a great job. And uh, you know, Gordon, it's great to see Gordon back. And uh, it's just been awesome uh, having you guys back at the helm. I really appreciate it. Oh well, I appreciate that very much, sir. It's uh, it's a labor of love. Uh, for sure. And it is it is really awesome. You know, uh, we're kind of in uncharted territory, not quite uncharted territory, because you were back when when you were doing the site, you know, way, way, way back when uh, in when it first in its inception, you know, you were the last guy really to run this site when it wasn't um, under the umbrella of Vox Media. So it's 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 exciting from that standpoint, too, as well to be like we're we're in a spot now where we're totally local and and, and we get to we get to kind of do you know, do things exactly how we want them. And then, so I'm, I'm very, very appreciative just to have that opportunity. And, and um, I'm glad, I'm glad people are liking it. You know, we got a lot, we got a lot planned for the season and it's going to be, uh, it's going to be a good one. As you say, I mean, it's, it's a lot better than uh, covering, you know, the Brian Shaw uh, era of the Denver Nuggets. That's oh God, yeah, <laughs> the, the dark days, right. Uh, for the site, breaking down Randy Foy film. Um, don't have to do that anymore, luckily. No, but, but we are we are actually, it's funny, as Nuggets fans, and I've been thinking about this lately, just in the context of how bad the Broncos are now, and uh, we've actually done our, as a franchise, like, even though those were dark days, um, and they were dark, um, but they only missed the playoffs for, you know, I mean, it's five seasons, it was five painful seasons, but, you know, even under, you know, Shaw, they were a joke, but even under, and once Coach Malone kind of took over, at least they were competitive, and the arrow was pointed in the right direction. And, you know, if you go back to, um, you know, gosh, I mean, going back literally 20 years, you know, they've been at least they've been in the playoffs 15 times. That's not the end of the world. You know, Minnesota would kill for that. Uh, a lot of franchises would kill for that. Like I just said, Broncos fans might kill for that pretty soon. So, um, yeah, no kidding. Um, but, yeah, those were dark days. And it's, uh, it's a lot more fun to uh, cover a team when they're relevant and competitive. There's no question about it. That was one of the funny things when I was um, just this past year. So I was like, man, it would figure I like I was like, I'm not covering the team anymore. I'm just, you know, doing my thing. I'm just a fan. And it would figure that this is the time then that they go on this uh, this run and actually win the championship. So it's uh, like I said, it's, oh, it's I've, had, I've, had, just, you know, I've had the same feelings, but um, I definitely, you know, uh, you know, for many reasons, just didn't have the capacity to continue doing what you're doing. And uh, I had to hang it up a few years ago and you did a great job of. And jumping in and running the show for a while, and um, look, it's a lot of work to run one of these sites. I, I, I believe the readers and the fans are appreciative of it, but it goes without saying, it's a ton of work. And um, uh, but yeah, I missed uh, the championship season by like 
seven years, so don't feel that bad. <laughs> but I got it. I got you. That is true. That is true. Yeah, we um, man, I, I was trying to think about like we, oh, because when I first started with this with stiffs, it was, I think it was, I want to say it was Michael, man, it probably was Michael Malone's second season. I think it was Jokic's rookie year was my first uh, season. So that's kind of cool to be to be along the along the ride. Uh, for the Jokic, the Jokic era. So what, what better era, right? Like, like we've said, I mean, this is, uh, it's crazy. The, the Denver Nuggets are, uh, are the reigning NBA championships. I was talking when I was with, talking with Gordon last night on the pod, I said, I believe uh, this is the first time in Nuggets history where they will be the very first game of the season, where they are even on the opening night uh, slate for the season. I don't think that's ever happened before. Back in 2009, they were on second opening night uh, on ESPN, but I don't think they've ever been the TNT uh, opening doubleheader. So that, that, uh, uh, that there in itself is a, um, a measure of how far I guess they have come. Still can't get on the opening night graphic. <laughs> defending champions. I was going to say that, by the way, that's got to be one of the most insane things ever. I mean, and by the way, what, what were the people from TNT thinking? Like, oh, if we take Jokic off the graphic, but replace him with Jason Tatum, who's not even playing on the first night, um, we're going to get more viewers? Like, what What was the possible? They don't even have an East Coast team playing tomorrow night. Right. I, I, it, it'd be, it, it's just, you know what, so be it. That's part of being a, a stiff franchise and a stiff fan. Um, right. But it was astonishing. Yeah. Yeah, and it's, I mean, I, you know, yeah, I guess you suppose that, like, hey, they, they must have, you know, uh, wanted to get the Eastern East Coast market right interested in some ways. Let's put an East Coast player on that. But like, if that's what you want to do, then like, don't schedule uh, a doubleheader that doesn't feature a single team like, uh, you know, west of Denver or east of Denver. I mean, that's that's the way to handle that. Yeah, we we we, we could have yeah. Sorry to interrupt. We we could have been the eight o'clock game. You know. Yeah, I was shocked and, that we weren't. Yeah, it was so it's so. Oh, I'm going to by the way, I'm going to the arena at four o'clock tomorrow. Like it. You know, it's fine. I'm happy to do it, um, obviously. But it's it's going to be weird seeing the Lakers play in Denver at 5:30. Yeah, right. it's just uh, it just doesn't almost it almost doesn't feel right. Uh, but uh, anyway, yeah, like oh, we'll put Jason Tatum in the ad, so now everybody on the East Coast will pay attention. It, it's uh, it's it's insulting, frankly. But hopefully, the Nuggets will use it as motivation. They're going to have to find things to motivate them. So that's yeah. I thought that was that oh, I was like I loved it because because you know a lot of people I think are talking about well maybe there'll be a bit of a letdown on the um on the opening night because you know you're dropping the banner you're getting the rings there's a lot of stuff not related to playing basketball a basketball game that night uh, that's going to be going on but you know there that that level of disrespect which which clearly by their comments that they made throughout the postseason last year was clearly a motivating factor for them you know that that is. Uh, that is still there, and, and like you said, as as we know it, as, as lifelong Nuggets fans, like this is this is what being a Nuggets fan is like. You're you're always fighting for every uh, scrap of respectability. So I hope that really refocuses the team, you know, and they take it personally. I know it's kind of cliche, right? But uh, I don't want to like go down the the, the Deion Sanders route of here of everything being uh, personal. But like I, I think that like not even getting on the opening night graphic when you're the defending champs, that should be uh, that should be something that motivates them greatly I, I completely agree i mean it's um you know pat riley had a great quote years ago that uh but they put so the whole concept in the nba but after you've won it's called the disease of more and you know i think what coach malone is going to have to strain a little bit uh to figure out what buttons to push to get these guys over the edge um and uh but hey you know it's uh it's hard to be a repeat champion um, but this is a team that's uniquely positioned to do it. And dare I even use the D word of dynasty, you know, they've got the contracts in place that are all these guys are the right ages. Um, I don't quite understand the nuances of the new salary cap. You probably understand it better than me, but apparently it's structured to prevent dynasties, which I don't quite understand why they would structure something to disincentivize teams from keeping players that they themselves have drafted or they themselves have built up after a trade and early in their career. I don't quite understand that, but. I have to give the NBA a little bit of credit in the sense that, you know, whoever thought the Nuggets would win a championship, the Bucks would win a championship, um, right. the Raptors would win a championship. Like, it's good to see teams that are outside of the norm, so to speak, putting rings on. And that, that's a good thing for the league. So, 
Um, right. And even the Warriors, even the Warriors, you know, before 2015, hadn't done anything for a long time, uh, for 20 years. So yeah, it's, it was, it's great to see a little more egalitarianism. That, uh, that's funny, the Warriors, I remember reading this article about them, um, I said it must have been like 2013 or so. Uh, Chris Mullen, maybe not 2013, so maybe like 2011, 2012, somewhere in there. Like Chris Mullen's, I think they're GM at the time. Uh, and there's an article that was I was reading, uh, written back then about like the Warriors fans literally like booing him uh, when he comes onto the court because they're like that upset uh, with with the direction of the franchise. And then here they were, they were right on the cusp uh, of a dynasty. But you're right, they were they were not uh, a classic, you know, NBA one of like. I mean, you've wrote on this many times, like. There's, there was like what, like six or so teams from like the 1980s to basically up until the Warriors dynasty um, that pretty much were, were won the championship uh, every year as one of those, you know, six or so teams. So now to to have this era now where we've had, you know, like basically what three out of the last four, well, I guess four out of the last six have been teams who have never won a championship before um, is 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 really. Uh, it's it's really special. It's it's kind of cool to see, and it's it's really cool to see that the Nuggets, uh, the Nuggets are part of that. Um, all right, I'm going to shift gears here just a bit because uh, I know you're going to have an opinion on this. The Nike uh, has dropped or leaked somehow. I'm not exactly sure where the leak came from, but we are very confident that it is it is uh, actually going to be the City Edition jersey for the Denver Nuggets. That came out in the middle of the night last night. I woke up this morning, uh, saw Ryan Blackburn's tweet about it, and I was like, oh, i got to get something up on this. But, um, well, you know, they, they, they're going back to the old black uh the old back to the the well of, of a black jersey which i looked i looked at this this year get this out of the 30 city edition jerseys this year 18 of them are black jerseys there are definitely not 18 teams in the nba who have black as part of their like color scheme like it i don't know like that's that's my biggest thing i wrote about this uh last thursday like I, I I don't even I'm not even people love the black rainbow jerseys. I think they're they're good. Like they're it's fine. Uh, but I don't think they're like amazing. And my ma- major point there was like it's like that's not even part of the Nuggets color scheme. They've just basically where they do this with every team, right? They're just like, oh, let's put something on a black jersey. Everybody will love it. And and for a while it worked. But this year, like, man, it is uh, it is rough. And then the Nuggets, it's got the 5280 in yellow. Uh, blue mountains, navy like dark navyish blue mountains against the black background, which navy and black never a good combo. Uh, the whole thing, the, the, and then the player number above the 5280, so it almost looks like you're like reading, you know, like like a line of almost looks like like I'm reading like a line of hex code or something. Uh, I don't know. I, I I am not a fan, Andy. I I think they they missed missed on this one. Um, where are you at with it? Well, I appreciate my choir, uh, Zach. <laughs> I, I'm looking at it on Denver Stiffs right now. I'm looking at Ryan Blackburn's tweet. tweet. You said it better than I can say it. Um, first of all, I hated the black <clears throat> rainbow uniform. To your point, black has never been in our color scheme, ever. Um, the Nuggets were originally like navy blue and like dark red and and gold trim. And then they pivoted into uh, the 80s, of course, with the rainbow scheme. Um, they had two different blues. They had a dark navy blue for a while. Then they had like a light navy blue for a while. And I should actually caveat everything I'm about to say with the, with the point that I am fashion disabled. Okay. <laughs> so I, I, have, I don't have necessarily bad taste. I have no taste. So I am not one to talk about anybody's fashion. Uh, all that being said, uh, I never liked the black jersey. I thought it was terrible. Um, and, uh, I, I wasn't even really a big fan last year of the city edition uniform. I, I came to like it because they won the championship with it and they beat the Lakers with it, but it didn't work. It was like, they were taking like the nineties, like color scheme with like the Denver, uh, rocket stuff mixed in with like, I don't know. They, they were combining like four different eras in one uniform, which I thought yeah. was weird, like fonts and sizes. And again, I, it's hard to argue with it because they won a championship with it on their bodies, but this thing's a disaster. Uh, I don't know who greenlights these things. Um, it makes no sense. And they've never gotten the skyline right ever since they abandoned the rainbow uniforms in the 90s. Just wear the rainbow uniform. Right. Five times a year. Wear them. 
bring back the font, bring back the color scheme, bring back everything. Like even when you know, we, we were talking about the Mike Malone era, uh, I'm sorry, the Brian Shaw era, pre-Mike Malone, uh, and they wore the kind of the gold version of the of the rainbow, and it still didn't work because the font wasn't right. They've yeah. never gotten it right. They, no matter how many times they try, and I hate to pick on the team that brought us a championship, we should be grateful, I guess, but this jersey's awful, and it belongs in the incinerator with uh, the black and the black rainbow one, the red rainbow one, which was stupid, um, the cursive nuggets uh, during Iverson's era, which was the alternative to the oh, the the the, 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 one. The, 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 the 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 bridge between the like Danilo Gallinari era into this new. Navy. I, by the way, I like our new uniforms, our classic Navy right. uniforms. Our new ones are very good. They're solid. But yep. the bridge in between the two, when it was, it was like, a, when like a Moutier was playing and Jokic yep. with the year. The Navy with the sky blue. Well, no, but then it was like, yeah, but then they had like, it was like dark, dark Navy numbers on the sky blue uniform or something. Right. That was terrible. Um, just stick with like Navy, red, yellow. Come on, guys. Uh, right. You're overthinking it. But yeah, this one's a disaster. Yeah, I um, you know, I, I when I think back through the through the history of our, our jerseys, you're you're right. There's not a ton. I I I thought you know, other than the fact that it was a sleeved jersey, like the that that sleeved alternate that they had, which was like the white the white yeah. and, and powder blue and skyline, like that one was pretty cool. Um, but I I, I was never a big fan of the sleeved jersey. Uh, fad or era in general um but yeah i mean the fact that they've never gone back to like the 90s era navy red gold with like one of these alternates uh the fact that they don't just do i mean if you look at like this year it's not just the nuggets i mean the city editions are across the board just just horrendous uh but the, the few ones that like people are like yeah this is this is pretty good right it's the king's jersey which goes back to their basically like their sacramento royals uh uniform the the jazz jersey which is kind of a play off that 90s purple uniform with the mountains on it right like when they've stuck to the classics uh and maybe tweaked them a bit you know even though you and i don't like the black rainbow uh, i thought the white rainbow was was pretty good the one that, that came out with the year before uh that's right that was a tweak on that classic like you could do that something one was, as simple. that one was I'll, I'll agree with you that one was serviceable i'll give you serviceable Service. You could do yeah. so, something as simple as just like tweaking the old, you know, royal blue rainbow jersey, and man, it would like it, people would love it. Like it's it's that easy. But instead, you know, they, they came out with this uh, very simplistic designs. That's that's what I've noticed kind of across the board. Like it feels like there's almost like no thought put into it whatsoever, or either that, or it's just like whoever whoever thought this was a good idea, like probably. Uh, shouldn't be making these decisions uh, anymore. And like, I look at like, for example, this year, the city issue, like the Memphis Jersey is terrible because you, it, you can't even tell what that they're trying to say M E M, but it's like just weird horizontal and vertical <laughs> lines. The New York Knicks Jersey looks like you have to wear a pair of 3d glasses to like actually read the letters because they did the white overlaid on the orange. Like it, Oh man, it's, I don't know. They, and, and what I think it comes down to is this, like, I think you've got to pump out 30 jerseys every season. You've immediately, like, I start to get into my project manager mode where I'm like, okay, you've got to come up with something entirely original. You've got one year to do it. And like, yes, you can be working on it uh, prior to, but you've basically got a one-year deadline from when now. So today this jersey drops right now, they've got to start doing everything that they need to do to prepare for next year's <coughs> jersey. They got to do that with 30 different teams like it's even for a company like nike is as big as they are like it feels like it's just too much like they 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 don't they don't have the time or the inclination or whatever it is to put in the effort to actually come up with these good designs and so now we're at the point where you know i mean i mean the atlanta hawks jersey looks like somebody just took times new roman and like typed atl on the front of it and said there you go put it on a black jersey good to go and like i mean what do you think like is that a thing like do you think it's just should they just abandon this concept of we're going to pump out a new jersey for every team every year? I, mean, I guess the short answer is yes, but uh, the truth is, um, <clears throat> I've just talked to some folks, my uh, some friends of mine who are around in and around the NBA. They sell. Um, they, they they literally yeah, no sell. Doubt. They sell. They sell. They sell. And um, 
And uh, because of that, that's why they, there's a reason why they do it. Um, and I'm just <clears throat> scouring the history of our city jerseys. Uh, even like two years ago where they had like the old school Nuggets font, but they had the checkered rainbow. Oh, I hated that. Diamonds on the sides. I mean, it's just, uh, <laughs> they keep missing it. And then, of course, the city edition the year before was the red one. Um, but anyway, we can pick on jerseys uh, for all, all night. I think that uh, I, I, these things sell. And if you're a diehard fan, like our good friend Vicky, who stands at the tunnel where the Nuggets players walk in, who has to buy every single thing that the Nuggets produce, <laughs> that's who this is for. Um, because once you have your classic, you know, Navy Jokic jersey, you don't buy another one, right? Unless right. they give you something else to buy. So, uh, hey, look, I'm a capitalist. If it sells, good for them. But I also have the right to articulate my opinion. And uh, I guess it's safe to say the City Edition has been a miss several years in a row. With the with the exception, I am with you on the white one with the rainbow is actually pretty good, and um, and I, I will we'll always have a soft spot for last year. So let me ask you this, Zach: Do they retire last year's city edition that they won the championship in and they beat the Lakers in? Yeah, I mean, I guess that that's that's how it would go, right? And that and that's somewhat of the shame of it, right? Too. I mean, if this team, let's say they don't become a dynasty and this is the only championship they win, you know, for for the next several years, like. Uh, or for even decades, like the, the, I don't know. Would you, would you break the tradition? Because nobody has ever brought back uh, a former city edition. They've always, uh, they've always just right. put on something new, and you've never seen it again. So that's, uh, that's a good question. Yeah. I mean, I would think you would have to, like, at some point, but it might not be 10, 15 years down the road. And then who knows? You know, with contracts and licensing agreements and all that, uh, where you're at. But it's, a, it's a good point, and I, that's one of the things I was disappointed about. Um, with the finals last year, like if I were them, I would have not worn that jersey uh, any any night during the finals because it was it's a it's a one off. You know, any any of the other three uh, would have been would have been way cooler to see him win it in, in one of those. But you know, such hey, as, look how such far we've life. come! Look how far we've come! Right. We're literally, <laughs> and, and we're not squabbling with each other. We're squabbling about the system. And we're literally That's squabbling it. about the jersey. <laughs> that the team wore to win a championship and if they're going to wear it again to win another championship i mean just think about the words coming out of our mouths it is so surreal um i half jokingly say uh when that banner gets raised tomorrow night i'm good like i can die in peace uh it's uh it's 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 just incredible it's incredible for our city and um i don't i, I don't want to say i don't care if they win another one um but this team has been legit good for like five years now. And, you know, if Jamal doesn't go down uh, two playoffs in a row, who knows what happens? I'm not one of these guys that says, oh, we definitely would have won. Like, you just don't know. But they were marching on the cusp, right? I mean, they lost in a game seven semifinals in 19. They go to the conference finals in a bubble situation in 20. They go to the second round without Jamal in 21. Um, and then, you know, they get bounced by the Warriors the next year, but who are going to win the championship. So this team is legit and has been for five years. And so whatever comes from this, I think it's gravy. I hope they hang together for another five years until Jokic is 33. And, um, and it is a dynasty of sorts. Uh, but I'm good, man. Like whatever comes from here, I'm good. I'd be thrilled if they just wore their old school rainbow jerseys and stopped screwing around. I would be thrilled. There you go. There you go. I, um, yeah, I you know that that makes kind of a good segue into into this next section I want to talk about, which is like, so when you look now at the season moving forward, you know, and and I mean, is it like how optimistic are you? Because like when I look at this team now, I I'm like, I I think they'll probably set the the franchise record for regular season wins this year. Like I think uh, they're gonna be I, I I you know we'll see what happens. Obviously, it's a long season, but like right now, I I, I look at every even what like Phoenix has done what the Lakers have done, what, you know, maybe Dallas is going to be figure this thing out with Kyrie, like all of that. Like I still look at the nuggets and I'm like, they're, they're still head and shoulders above every other team in, in the Western conference. The only team really that I even worry about as funny as enough as, as it is, is the Milwaukee bucks uh, in, in the East. Like, are, is that where you're, you're at, or, or are you kind of expecting this season for them to maybe take a step back, you know, have that, that championship hangover and, and not perhaps be uh, basically going gangbusters on the league. 
Well, let me let me answer a few things that you just talked about. So first of all, and I can share this with you now because I haven't shared this with too many people, but you know me so well. I'm historically an, a pessimist, right? A nuggets pessimist. Yes. And as you know, I've been doing business overseas and I can, I'm gone a lot. I'm physically just gone a lot. And I literally changed my schedule um, in March to be here in June because I was convinced the Nuggets were going to the finals last year, last season, this nice. year. I was absolutely convinced. It was for the first time in my life. I was like, these guys are going to the finals because Jokic doesn't give a shit about what you and I as lifelong Nuggets fans have been burdened with. Curses, jinxes, bad luck, the Lakers. He literally doesn't care. I mean, I don't know that for a fact. I don't know him, but I don't believe he cares. Okay. Um, and he's just a winner through and throughout. I think Jamal's a winner through and throughout, but but the 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 focal point of our team in Yogi, he doesn't care. So that's kind of number one. And that'll I'm, that's gonna lead me to my answer here. Um I don't think they're gonna take a step back. I actually didn't think I didn't think they had a particularly great regular season. And I was uncomfortable yeah. with the last 10 games of the regular season. I'm a little old school, you know. I, I think you should try to win. And I don't like rest. Um, it actually works better in basketball. But look, look what it's done to like Peyton Manning's career and a lot of teams in the NFL where you get off to these great starts and you rest guys for a couple of weeks. And then you have a bye week. You know, how many times do those guys lose wild card rounds or the round after the wild card round in football? I do worry about that a little bit, overthinking it, over-resting. I hate this load management stuff. And so I didn't think they had a particularly good regular season last year. So the over-under, I think, Zach, is 54 and a half games. Is that right? To win? On average, uh, I want to say 53 and a half, but... Um... 53 and a half. So I don't remember. I bet on I bet on either 53 and a half. Either one, I bet on the over. Because I'm, I, I think they're going to win 55 to 56, is my guess. Now, the franchise record's 57. <clears throat> will they tie that? Will they exceed that? I don't know. Um, and the only reason I don't, I'm not that confident about that, Zach, is I don't think, I don't think they care. Uh, however, um, wow. Minnesota is going to be better. Phoenix is going to be better. The Lakers are probably going to be a push. Uh, to your point earlier, Dallas is going to be better. Even San Antonio, they're not going to make the playoffs, but they're going to be a hell of a lot better. And Utah, I think, will be a little better. So so the Nuggets are going are gonna to have to – they're not going to be able to coast through the regular season, and I think that will keep them in that 55 to 56 win range. And then once they get to the postseason, I'm sure they know that they weren't featured in a TNT icon to kick off the season. Um, I'm sure they know that all everybody talks about is the Lakers and LeBron's going to retire. This is last year, and there'll probably be some motivation there. And I, if, you know, if I was a betting man on who's going to win the finals, I, I would pick the Nuggets to win again. I really would. Yep. No, I'm I'm with you. Like I said, I'm with you 100. I am. Um... Uh, I was just checked it. It's actually down to 52 and a half now for uh, the Nuggets, which to me is crazy. Like I would, I'd, I'd hit the hammer, the over on that one uh, all all day. Totally. I think they're, I think they're up on, you know, I, I honestly, like I said, I think not, I think they break the record, which means they would hit 58. Um, now, obviously, you know, health is, is it's, it's, that's the thing that, that about last season. And I guess if I was going to be like less optimistic and some of this is just the nug life that's, you know, ingrained in me from, from all these years, but like, Last year they were really healthy. They they really had you know obviously they had to get Jamal uh, and Mike back back up to speed, and so they weren't playing those guys heavy minutes uh, to start the year. But that was really the most like injury type of thing they dealt with, right? Every other every other guy on the team, yeah, guys get you know bumps and bruises here and there, miss a game and whatnot, but they. F- by and large were healthy the entire year this year you know we've already seen granted you know he he wasn't in the rotation last year but was probably a guy the nuggets were were planning on being on the rotation at least somewhat this year or having an opportunity was going to be vlako chanchar he gets hurt uh over the summer in the world cup qualifiers (coughs) acl out for the year so we're already entering this year at a little bit more of a disadvantage health wise than last season that would be the only thing that I would be cautious of just because I mean like you can't plan for injuries um and I get it's the gambler's fallacy but like you were so healthy last year are you going to get that lucky again uh, I really hope so I mean you know you, you can't like I said you can't predict that but that, that would be my only reason um to not be optimistic about it uh kind of in the in the same vein though and looking at that and 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 how hard they go next season you know calvin booth uh even josh Kroenke to a to an extent they've made some comments about you know they they want to be a dynasty right they're not 
They're not, nobody is shying away from that, uh, using that label as, as their goal now. But, you know, Calvin Booth has kind of talked about, well, maybe not winning, you know, the, the focus isn't necessarily repeating this year. Our focus is long-term uh, building building a franchise that can win multiple championships over the next five, five to 10 years. Do you think like that's the right approach to take, at least from a team building standpoint, that this team should maybe this year, uh, and even us as fans should not be um, so focused on winning a championship and repeating and having a title defense and just more focused on, you know, you know, if this team say they lose in the, in the Western conference finals uh, in six games to Phoenix, like how, how disappointing would that be? Uh, or, or is it more of, you know, like kind of what Giannis mentioned last year, is it, it's just a step uh, to success and you're like, okay, with that, we're, we're still, we're still on the path to being a dynasty. It's a great question. I feel like uh, Giannis, I'm a Giannis fan. I'm a Bucks fan. They were kind of my second team growing up. My grandmother's, from Milwaukee was a Bucks fan from the day that they expanded to Milwaukee. My mom grew up as a Bucks fan. So they've always been like my second favorite team in the NBA. Uh, and I was thrilled when they won the championship a couple of seasons ago. I feel like they've been robbed of a Giannis dynasty because of health. You know, no Chris Middleton right. two seasons ago. Um, Giannis himself gets hurt. You know, who knows what happens in that heat series if he doesn't get hurt. I mean, I know he did play in game seven. Was it, did he go to, I remember to go to six or seven in that first round last year, but you know, if he's fully healthy, do the Heat really beat the Bucks uh, last year? Maybe not. You know, the Bucks and the Heat have kind of traded beating each other over the last few seasons um, in the playoffs. But uh, health is a huge issue, Zach. There's no question about it. Um, as far as would this be a disappointment, I think anything short of appearing in the NBA Finals, if they're healthy, is a disappointment. Um, and I don't see – I mean, this Bruce Brown – and Jeff Green, Euphoria, and I love those guys, and give them all the credit in the world for getting us over the hump. But come on, guys. I mean, losing Bruce Brown and Jeff Green is not going to be the difference between a repeat and a non-repeat. I, it's just not. I, I don't. I just. I just don't buy it. Um, and uh, I mean, these guys were not. I mean, I love what Calvin Booth is doing through the draft by grabbing guys who are 22-year-olds, 23-year-olds, they're grown-ups by NBA standards um, right. to fill in the pieces for those guys. And and I just think that, um, um, I mean, I just think that, uh, you know, what, what did Bruce Brown average? I mean, he averaged 11 and a half points a game. Uh, I mean, I, 36% from three. I mean, we'll, we'll figure it out is what I'm trying to say. As long as Jokic, Murray, Gordon, and Porter are healthy, and they're playing 60 to 65 games each, we'll be fine. And as long as they're healthy for the postseason, we'll be fine. You could throw you and I out there, and you'd probably, as our fifth, as the fifth player, you'd probably make it to the conference finals. You may not win it all, but you'd make it to the conference finals. So uh, I do think anything short of a, of a championship appearance is a disappointment. I could see the Nuggets colliding with the Bucks in the finals. And what Giannis did today by re-upping, I mean, everything I heard was he was out of there with or without right. Damian Lillard, unless they won again. And by him doing what he did today, and I got to give him credit for doing it, for signing a three-year renewal, takes all the pressure off that entire franchise to win it all this year. And that's why they're going to go back to the finals, in my opinion. I think it's going to make the Bucks lethal to have that pressure off their shoulders, that Giannis isn't necessarily walking at the end of the day. And here they gave up the whole cupboard you know, they gave up the cupboard once to get Drew Holiday, and then they gave up the cupboard twice to get Damian Lillard. Now all the pressure's off, and I think the Bucks are going to be formidable, but we'll worry about our own conference first and hopefully the Nuggets navigate their way through it. You know, I love, Lake, by the way, Lakers myopic fans, which we used to always talk about on Denver Stamps. Like, ooh, we got Gabe Vincent. It's like, oh, really? <clears throat> you got Gabe Vincent? Now you guys are going to the finals? You're gonna Jackson Hayes. You're going to the finals? Yeah, and I like Gabe Vincent. He's awesome. I love his backstory. I love everything about Gabe Vincent. That's why I love that Heat team last year. Give him credit. But, um, you know, Phoenix, like, okay, Bradley Beal's been a loser his whole career. Like, everything. He's never won anything, you know? Right. Um, and he's had he's yeah, had some good players with him too. I mean, it's not always just been yeah. the Bradley Beal show. Like, he got – like, the, the, the only time John Wall was good uh, was when Bradley Beal was on that team as well. Like, so he's – it's not like he's – 
just been waiting to play with Devin Booker and Kevin Durant. Now he's going to be awesome. I, I hear you on that. And look, Kevin Durant's a badass. Uh, yep. Devin Booker is a – he's really we drafted Emmanuel Moody over Devin Booker, by the way. I just have to say that. I mean, yeah. Stunning. If I, I mean, remember right, yeah. there was there was a rumor floating around during that night. Um, they were trying, I think, to get back in to get Booker uh, as well. They, they wanted Booker uh as well and they but you know they took you know they took emmanuel moutier which hey like at the on the on draft night like everybody was everybody was stoked like you can go back and read the read the chris dempsey article or i guess or maybe it was benjamin i read our probably read my article i probably said it was yeah great right thing. and uh, you probably right you're probably like yes it's amazing we got we got emmanuel moutier he's gonna be awesome and yeah well we all got to experience that here's the time. fun here's the funny thing so when we drafted Moutier, and I have a little bit of an unhealthy bias because, um, as you know, I do business in Africa. I do some stuff with NBA Africa, and I love these African players. These African-born players, are, that's why I like Gabe Vincent. His father's from Nigeria. He's got a great background. So I have this unhealthy bias. It's probably, maybe it's a good thing towards a lot of these African-born players. And Emmanuel Moutier is uh, originally from the Congo, as his parents are. And so he was kind of this mystery. I think he went to Deion Sanders' high school in Dallas. He did. Didn't he? he did. Yeah, and but that's why he couldn't make it into. He couldn't qualify uh, to go to SMU. He would. Man, Emmanuel Moody could have been so different. Like if he doesn't go to prime prep and just goes to a normal high school, then he would have been eligible to go to SMU. Larry Brown was the coach at SMU, but instead he goes and plays in you know wherever. I think he went and played in China, right? For like 12 games He's playing China for whatever. Here's why these guys that are scouts and GMs make millions and millions of dollars a year, and I just sit behind my computer and watch some YouTube clips. That's my draft analysis, right? Which is one of the many reasons why I don't you, do draft. You and everybody anymore. else, right? But, Let's just but when I saw Emmanuel Moutier, who I was excited about, you know, like a six-five point guard with this incredible life story, played in China, he's NBA ready. You know, as soon as I saw him play the very first time, it dawned on me: just because you're six-five. Um, and just because you played in China doesn't mean you're a good athlete. And right. he couldn't jump. He couldn't jump and he couldn't run. And he was out after five seasons or something like that. And it's unfortunate because he's a great kid. I've met him. Um, yep. but he just wasn't a great athlete. And it, it shocks me like how can the best scouts in the world, look, they miss all the time, miss that badly. And a kid like Devin Booker, Devin Booker suffered a little bit from the same thing that Jamal Murray suffered from or, Vince Carter suffered from it. I loved your article the other day about that draft. And I can tell you, my, by the way, the two guys I'm going to the game with tomorrow night are my witnesses. I was yelling and screaming at my TV in 1998 when they drafted Ray LaFrance over Vince Carter. Just, I'm just telling you, I was yelling and screaming at the television. Um, but Vince Carter, Jamal Murray, Devin Booker have suffered from a draft position standpoint, not from a career standpoint, by being on really good college teams where they were one of three guys or four guys right. and they slipped Paul Pierce too. And they yep. slipped in the draft. And yet we go for guys like the Moody's of the world who no one's ever really heard of. No one really saw play and what a debacle of a pick. Um, but Hey, look, things obviously worked out in the end. Um, and every franchise has their Emmanuel Moody draft pick. We just have a few, <laughs> but every franchise has them. Yeah, I mean, well, it just goes to show you what, what a crapshoot uh, the, the draft is, because, I mean, the same guys who drafted Emmanuel Moutier also drafted Nikola Jokic. So, you know, in the second round, when nobody really, you know, how many how many teams probably even would have drafted Jokic uh, that year? Oh, Tim so, Connolly. I, mean, I, text, I texted with Tim. I texted with Tim. Tim, he was overly humble. And I just said, look, thank you, you know, for helping get this. You know, we don't we don't win this championship without Tim Connolly. We, maybe we don't win this championship without Calvin Booth. Um, right. but Tim did a phenomenal job and, and really Moody was like his only miss. Like, you know, it, it's not catastrophic. Well, it's easy to say, how, how do you drive? But well, I'm sure there's others. Was this guy named like, Tyler Lydon in there as well? But yeah, other, I, I, I hear what you're saying. Remember that. But no, like he hit on Nurkic, he hit on Harris. He hit on, oh, yeah. Jokic, yeah. Monty Morris in the second round. I mean, he hit on I mean even a guy like Vlaco Chanchar, yeah. like you don't, you don't expect yeah. a guy to be a, you know, I mean, Vlaco's going into what his fourth season with the nuggets like you don't expect to get a guy like that in late in the second round but yeah no i mean tim uh fantastic in the draft like like i don't yeah and the nuggets have been very fortunate because before tim it was Masai, and Masai also i mean he had uh guy kenneth Fareed was was a great pick where he picked him up evan fournier like a great pick for where he got him and granted those guys you know I mean, Fournier, they ended up trading a few years later. And, and obviously, Fareed really never found a home after he left Denver. But, like, 
late i remember like thinking like back then like hey if you got if you got to pick one gm to take a late first round pick uh you can't do better than masai ujiri and then somehow uh they ended up actually finding a guy who was even better at it uh in tim Connolly. and now i mean i've i said this last year i said you know a lot in a lot of ways the final piece to the Nuggets winning the championship was Calvin Booth because you look at the moves he made. He picked up Bruce Brown. He picked up Kentavious Caldwell Pope. He drafted Christian Brown. Like he made all those moves in the margins last offseason. That really was what it took uh, to push them over the hump. Plus, obviously, the health of, of Murray and Porter. But, you know, so that really, when you take all that together, and, and one of the reasons that I think, one of the things I don't think it's talked about enough we talk about the Nuggets and their rise and getting to where they are now, to where now we're these elitist fans pissed off about the jersey we're wearing when we're winning championships. <laughs> it's like, like shout out to Josh Kroenke. Like, right? Like, how many how many GMs out there were going to, or how many owners out there were going to hire Masai Ujiri like, and give him that first shot as a GM? Josh Kroenke did that. He did the exact same thing with Tim Connolly. He's doing the exact same thing with Calvin Booth like that. And, and, and this team has throughout this rise has, has been built on culture, on patience and on, on doing it the right way or none. I mean, I don't even want to say like right way versus wrong way, you know, versus how, how the Lakers build the team versus how the Nuggets build the team, but doing it the way, the only way it could be done in Denver, right? You're never going to build a team like the Lakers do where you go out and sign big name free agents. You had to do it through the draft. You had to do it through patience. You had to do it through culture. And, and at, at the end of the day, like Josh Kroenke has been the guy at the helm of all that and has been the, the, the constant through all that. So I think there's you know, a lot of a lot of kudos to go around, really, uh, throughout. Hey, the look, they say, yeah, yeah. They say there's a great John F. Kennedy quote. Victory has a thousand fathers and failure is an orphan. So there's a lot right. you said there's a lot of credit to go around. But Josh, I said this on Sandy Club's show uh, before game five and uh, with our brethren at Mile High Sports with Sandy. I said exactly that. The Cronkies, not just Josh, but of course Stan, his father, yep. they do deserve a lot of credit. I mean, their stewardship of this franchise, I, we talked about this at the outset of this discussion tonight, uh, for 20 years, they've missed the playoffs five times. Um, and yes, the George Carl era was riddled with first-round playoff exits and not a lot of playoff victories, but they did make the playoffs. And right. <laughs> this franchise has been incredibly stable for 20 years. And I think Josh deserves a lot of credit for being patient. I mean, Michael Malone missed the playoffs for three years in a row. Now, his in two of those years, they actually had a record that teams often make the playoffs with. Right. There was no play-in yeah. back then, but they missed the playoffs three years in a row. And um, they stuck with Michael Malone. And just to your point, they stuck with Tim Connolly. They stuck with the formula. Uh, they stuck with the culture. And uh, they're, they're, they're being rewarded for it. Um, and deservingly so. And there's obviously something really positive going on with the Crunchy Sports Organization because they have a Stanley Cup and a Super Bowl to show for it along the way as well. So I give them lots of love and lots of respect. I've told them both that to their faces when I've seen them. And um, I'm hoping to see them tomorrow night. But um, again, the whole thing's surreal. It's awesome, Zach. And uh, yeah, they just won't, you know, God will not let us have the Nuggets and the Broncos be good at the same time. But uh, as long as we can live with that, we're doing fine. That's, that's so true. When the, when the Broncos were winning championships, the Nuggets were winning 11 games. Oh, <clears throat> which, the which, Broncos won more games than the Nuggets in 98. Just think about that. Uh, they won more that games. That is crazy. 14 is to 11. <laughs> 11. Golly. What a, what a good old good old Bill Hans. Like, we love you. Uh, Bill's my guy. I love him. <laughs> not the best coach season, uh, but yeah. but actually, I mean, not that we were, want to go down this road. And, but I mean, you can look at that roster, and good lord, uh, there wasn't a lot, uh, a lot going for the Nuggets back no. in '97-'98. Um, all right, I want to. We'll wrap up the show with uh, a little bit of discussion, just here to to kind of close out with with the actual game that's being played tonight. I know we talked about it a little bit at the front of the show, but um, <clears throat> Nuggets right now. Five point favorites. That line has shifted a little bit. It was four and a half. Now it's a full five. Um, how do you, how are you feeling? Like I guess how are you feeling going into uh, tonight? You know, it's so uh, opening nights are so weird. They mean they really don't mean anything. Um, it'll be awesome to get the ring and see the banner go up. You can't read that much into it. I remember I wrote an article. Um, Gosh, Zach, it's embarrassing. I want to say it was 10 years ago, and they started out like 0-4, and, 
uh, something like that. Or they had four really bad losses. They probably didn't start 0-4, but they had four really bad losses. That would have been, that would have been the that. first year Brian Shaw, so it's totally possible. No, this was under George Carl. I wrote something like these. Oh, that's even more than 10 back. years ago then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, said, I wrote something like these losses are going to come back to haunt us later. And it did. It made a difference between being, I don't know, a fifth seed or a sixth seed or something. And they do add up. But I wouldn't read too much into it tomorrow night. If I had to bet on the game, I don't feel great about it, frankly. <laughs> Um, if I had to bet on the game, I'd bet the Nuggets to cover, but I don't feel great about it. I don't like these one-week training camps, and all of a sudden they're playing preseason basketball. Um, right. And uh, I just don't feel great about it. I don't know. How do you feel? Uh, I actually feel pretty good about this because because it's the Lakers, to be honest. Like, I think uh, – and maybe this is just this is just too much of the fan of me coming out and, and like, how much now I appreciate this team because they, they, they got us over the hump. But um, – I feel like this this team understands the way this fan base feels about the Lakers. I feel like this team has also like is the the chatter uh, or supposed chatter, alleged chatter that's gone on between these two teams uh, over the over the summer has has not been lost on these guys. And I normally I'm always very cautious about the Denver Nuggets on opening night. I mean, last year they lost to Utah by 21 points on opening night, like. That's not something that surprises me them. But when they're playing the Lakers, like I think that's a good thing because I think this this is a team that we've seen classically has played down to their competition. And I really hope uh, this is something me and Gordon talked about last night. Like I really hope they have they have moved past it and they'll take the next uh, step in their in their maturity process, which is basically becoming that team who is going to become a dynasty and is knows that you've got to be able to bring it every single night. But even if they haven't quite got there yet, I still feel like LA opening night like dropping the banner everything else is actually going to work to their favor to really focus this team and being like okay now we're going to come out uh, and kick these guys ass and this is i mean i've just i, I said i like I, I just don't man when when the lakers played the timberwolves in that play-in game last uh last season and and the lakers ultimately won uh, I took two, I had two takeaways from that game. One, I said, definitely give me like the Minnesota Timberwolves in the first round because they're out here punching their teammates and punching fire extinguishers and, and Carl Anthony Towns. Hey, they may, have been, they may have been the best team we played. All <laughs> they might've been the toughest play. one. Yeah, They might've, yeah. yep. but I was like, give me that team first. And then the other takeaway was, was like, and I am absolutely not afraid of playing the Lakers in this season because like you saw it in that game in it here in a playing game to, to guarantee your spot. Like LeBron James has taken nothing but jumpers in the fourth quarter. We saw it in game four of the Western conference finals. Like he comes out and is absolutely dominant in that first half and does nothing in the second half, but shoot a bunch of jumpers that break. Like I get it. I'm right there with LeBron 38 years old. Like man, like he, he's not, he's not the guy who he was in Cleveland or in Miami, or even in his second stint of Cleveland. Like, I don't think you're ever going to see LeBron James run down the court in the fourth quarter of a game and chase down a guy like Andre Iguodala and block him from behind. Like anymore. Like, I don't, I don't think he has it anymore in, in that terms, which he's still one of the greatest players of all time. So like, he's still really awesome and a really good player, but I'm not afraid of LeBron Anthony Davis, like Jokic thoroughly showed in that playoff series, like Anthony Davis cannot stop Jokic in any way. And otherwise, like I'm not their their additions this season, this offseason don't move me. Like, I don't think Christian Wood is a very good player. I don't think Jackson Hayes is a very good player. I don't think, you know, Cam Reddish is or Cam Redding is like a good player. Like these guys are they're not bad. They're 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 not terrible, obviously. I mean, they're 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 good eighth ninth guys in your rotation but if you're you know uh, expecting them to be tons of minutes i don't think rui hachimura is anything more than just like a good role player like i don't think he's your secret sauce to figuring out the nuggets or anything like that so i part of it's part of it is the uh i think that the team is going to be pumped for the game part of it is i don't think the lakers like are that good like i expect the lakers to be a seven eight nine to i expect them to be in the play-in again this year uh and unless they once again, you know, get to play a two seed whose best player gets hurt in like uh, early in the series. Like I don't expect them to be making a deep run uh, in the playoffs again. So I, I feel good. I feel very, very confident uh, for the Nuggets 
Nuggets win. Hopefully that happens. Otherwise, all of Lakers' Twitter will be dunking on me uh, yeah. tomorrow. We'll be all so. right. Hey, look, like I said, when I said I don't feel great about it, it has nothing to do with the Lakers. I agree with everything you're saying about the Lakers. It's just it's the first game. You know, these guys yep. have been screwing around all summer. Um, they had a marginal preseason. And um, I'm looking forward to seeing the, the rookies play, um, you know, the new kids that are on the roster this year. I really want to see them play in person. I haven't had a chance. I, I didn't get to go to that one preseason game. So I want to see Strother play. Uh, I want to see Pickett play if he's allowed to play tomorrow night, even Hunter Tyson. We'd love to see what Peyton Watson brings to the table uh, with a new season and more responsibility. So that's what I'm looking forward to. But I guess, I guess my point is I wouldn't read too much into this uh, tomorrow night. It's unfortunate it's the only time we get to play the Lakers at home all season. It's a weird scheduling quirk, but we only play the Lakers right. three times all season, and we got the short end of the stick there. But um, as fans and season ticket holders, but, um, hey, you know, it'll be an awesome and electric night. I will be there early. I want to see the banner go up, and uh, I can't believe it. I'm excited. Yeah, I am. Um, I am I'm with you. Well, I'll be with you in spirit there tomorrow. But uh, it is it is a, a special, special night for, for the Denver Nuggets uh, and for all the fans and for all for all of us out there who've been you – know, who, who sat through an 11-win season and, and watched the Broncos win more games uh, than the Nuggets. <laughs> And everything else. All hey, right. Well, we, we 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 definitely earned it. That's for sure. We earned it. We 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 have it, it, that that is without a doubt. Like it is, uh, it is not a franchise who uh, got this easy or by luck. So, all right. We will we will go ahead and wrap it up there for you guys. Make sure you are following us on Twitter. I am at Zach Pikachu. And you are at a, a Feinst something. I think it's A E I think it's twenty one. A F E I N S T twenty one. Yeah. If you want to follow me. Um I usually just all I do really, Zach, is I retweet you and I retweet Denver Stiff, so there's not much to follow. But um again, you're doing an awesome job. I'm so excited to have you back at the helm. You're bringing it all back which made what you're bringing back what made Denver Stiffs special and relevant. And I just think we um you know, we've got great stories to tell to connect the success of the present with the <laughs> But the struggles of the past. The pain of the and, past. Yeah, but we'll, um, hey, look, we will honor this tradition. I mean, Kai, can you believe it? This is going to be our, um, uh, where are we at? 16th season, I think. So, uh, you know, we're, we're on crazy. our way to 20 years here. It's pretty crazy. I know. I know, I know. So, uh, but we're in good hands with you, with Gordon and the other guys, and with, certainly with our friends at Mile High Sports supporting us from the back end of the operation and, uh, again, I just want to re- reiterate my gratitude, and let's have an awesome season. Let's do this more often too. I want to check in with you every couple of weeks or so, and Absolutely. Uh, we'll talk about what's going on the season and other other things happening in the NBA. All right, any any time you want, sir. You're more than welcome on the Denver yeah. Stiff Show. It's it's there. really your show. I mean, more than no, 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 than no, anybody no. else's. No, no, no. <laughs> it's a, all Denver Stiffs is is a torch, and uh, as long as we continue to have people to hand it off to, that's the key, right? Um, it's something it's never been about any one person it's been about the readers and the fans who uh, like you said very well said whether they win 11 games or an nba championship we are there we stand by this team um and uh what a deserving fan base what an awesome awesome time to be a nuggets fan it's euphoric absolutely i could not i could not have put it better myself all right everybody we will talk to you again soon